everybody, and welcome back to the Off the Key podcast. We're here for part two of the Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers review. Now, last time we covered the first disc, Mr. Morale, and we kind of dived into a lot of our thoughts on Kendrick as an artist and some of the artistic intention of this album. But now we're getting into the second half. Now, the second half of this album has actually garnered some controversy, most specifically Auntie's Diary. We'll dive into that in a second. To start off the first disc, count me out. I actually did not think it was too bad. I just yeah. thought it was forgettable. Yeah, I mean, it I is. Un- I understand. There's nothing special about it. Why it's here and the message it's trying to convey. Kendrick, you know, stepping into a, a, a new chapter of his life, kind of like having almost like a breakthrough in his therapy session. We should say generally, like, this is the part of the track that's a lot more introspective. Yeah, yeah. More, much more, it's more personal, more individualistic, more so than the, than than the, the first, first half, yeah. first disc that's more general, more about society at large. Yeah, and, and he's clearly talking to a person. He's trying to, to sever what seems like a toxic relationship that he was in, and it, uh, that could be symbolic of a lot of things. So on that front, I appreciate the song. I don't think it's bad, but I found the instrumental to be completely uninteresting and derivative. <laughs> it's At this point, it's almost like beating a dead horse. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> I don't like, know how many more times I can say that. Yeah, it's very much the big thing of the album. It's it's all about the message. The Beat suck song mid next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't want to misrepresent what Kendrick Lamar is trying to say. I'm trying to give you guys the best possible interpretation that I can. Because there's a lot of powerful messages here that deserve to be in the forefront, and that was his intention here. But a lot of these instrumentals, man, it just makes these songs forgettable. Especially the second half, I will say. A lot of the tracks bleed together. The music has to complement the lyrics, the songwriting. It can't just take a backseat totally. I think that... Mac, you're right. A lot of the songs on the side two definitely really blend together. They are very forgettable. And ironically, besides the real controversial ones, of course, mm-hmm. the ones, you know, like Auntie's Diary or like Mother Sober, the ones that get like real, the heavy, heavy hitters, the only ones that you can kind of tell apart are ironically by like their little like funny lines that are almost kind of like memeable like the <laughs> oh i am not your you know, i am not your savior or like the, the savior and then silent hill with the push him off like <laughs> <sighs> that's the only reason i remember those two from because count me out and crown i kind of forget forgettable i actually like crown and that's because it's a unique moment in kendrick's catalog he's almost doing like some singer songwriter shit on this yeah and i really like mm-hmm. the the more like introspective personal like piano instrumental that he's using and this is like the first time where i'm i just don't despise kendrick's vocal performance when he tries to sing i'm not a big fan of kendrick lamar as a singer neither am i example love loyalty god going back to damn but anyway i was gonna say that's a lot it's all from damn i didn't find this track obnoxious or frustrating i actually Mm. enjoyed kendrick's performance on here now silent hill (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the chorus we were talking about earlier, I can't stand it. I cannot stand this song. It is my least favorite song on this record. I love it, and I love all his stupid songs. <laughs> <laughs> going back from, from spiteful chant. Do you like you like spiteful chant? I don't like it, but I tolerate it. 
I like making I fun funny. of it. I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. But it's not. I would say it's, it's like bad. It's not like mm, like I don't mm, like I don't hate it. But like I, I like all his like little stupid things. Maxi freestyle and y'all boo boo on uh, <laughs> on hood politics. Yeah, on hood I politics. actually I actually love that chorus. Some people are like, oh, I ruined the song. It's so stupid. I'm like, I think it's funny. I think it's awesome. What do you mean? <laughs> I think they're just like lines like that are funny and they're yeah. they're meant to like break up the serious moments. It just didn't work for me i mean it was memorable you're right it was very memorable it was probably the thing that's st- <laughs> because yeah. honestly where would some of these tracks be if they didn't have that we just forget them yeah <laughs> honestly kodak's verse was okay i guess it wasn't mm-hmm. anything like mind-boggling but for kodak it was a step above what he normally does congratulations it's kind of like Lil Uzi vert in the last episode on a push a t oh he put out an above average verse for once and then we gave him like an a plus Take, give him his own pizza party. Take him to the movies. <laughs> give him three gold stars. Yeah. And, uh, Congratulations. You tried. It was still a fine verse, though. Silent Hill is still probably my least favorite song on the album. Everyone wants to redeem Kodak. But <laughs> we get into the other really prominent set of features on the album with uh, Baby Keem. I actually really like the Savior interlude. His feature is pretty good, although I'm not, I don't really like Baby Keem like, overall. Like, I, his, I did not like his stuff that Kendrick featured on. Oh, like Range Brothers yeah. and Family Ties. I'm not a huge fan of him, but his verse was actually pretty good. The thing for me with Baby Keem, now Baby Keem is actually Kendrick Lamar's younger cousin, and he's also signed to Kendrick Lamar's new label, uh, PG Lang. I'm not a fan of his cadence, nor his vocal style. It's kind of high-pitched. It's got that like squeaky... People are going to get upset at me when I say this, but it's almost like a, a softer squeakier version of Danny Brown's vocals. Honestly, that's the reason I'm not a huge into Danny Brown. It sounds annoying. I like Danny Brown, but it is very hard to get used to some of his vocals. I don't think I've listened to Danny Brown. It's kind of the same, like, because I I listened to Melodic Blue, and that was another really big album because of Range Brothers and uh, Family Ties, and Baby Keem's getting a lot of play, and he's very popular right now. I just, it's mainly, it's more of a preference thing for me than anything else. I'm not discounting him as an artist. I just don't like his style. But Savior is good. It's thoughtful. It's powerful. I did think it got kind of weird at the end when he started, like, actually squeaking on some of the lines. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I think it it serves as a good preface to the following track, Savior. I think this is some hard-hitting stuff here. Some powerful stuff. I mean, you know, the whole thing we've been talking about on this record and kind of like with Kendrick as an artist is this whole Savior complex. That, mm-hmm. that everybody criticizes him for and that his audience has assigned him. You know, the opening lines. Kendrick made you think. But he's not your savior. J. Cole made you feel empowered, but he's not your savior. Future said, get a money counter, but he's not your savior. Braun made you give his flowers, but he is not your savior. At the end of the day, all the celebrities, all the musicians, all the authors, whatever, they're all just humans. Yeah, they make some great art. They make some really cool stuff, some even things that challenge the culture or talk about culture and society and history and shit. But again, they're still just human. Don't put them on a, on too high a pedestal because they will inevitably let you down. I also feel in a way he kind of doesn't understand it. He's kind of like, you know, I made music, you know, just talking about like society's issues and problems. And just because like, like I just kind of made it like, popular and digestible he's like do i really need 
to be like the savior of rap. Like just because I was the one to do it doesn't mean that no one could have done it. Exactly. It, his mm. music, it's just an introduction for you to learn and pay attention and dive in and really start to dissect and understand these social and societal issues that he talks about on his albums. Yeah, ultimately, he want, he's trying to push the audience to think for themselves. Yeah, you, it's fine to use these things as, like you said, an introduction, like a eye-opening moment. Ultimately, it's up to you to really think and really learn about these things on your own. A lot of, for a lot of people, uh, Kendrick is the most thoughtful and conscious music they're going to listen to all year. I mean, that's not to say that there isn't value in what Kendrick has to say or yeah, anything. All I'm of saying course. is it's... a lot of people will hear a Kendrick project and be like, all right. Wow, that was cool. I, I, Real that thoughtful. That was cool. Very thoughtful and political. I guess I've got my points now. You know, yeah, and then that's I've it. I've done they... my uh, part and I'm going to go back to living my normal life. Yeah, exactly. And he even directly calls out the Blackout Tuesday thing we yep. were talking about. You know, oh, you put a black square on your Instagram feed. I mean, I even fell for it. I mm-hmm. put it on my screen and I realized that I screwed up. I like read into it more. You know, I just kind of did it because people were doing it and reading about it. I was like, yeah, I'm pro BLM. I want to help. But it was utterly meaningless. It didn't do anything. Yeah. Ultimately, I think Savior is about Kendrick challenging his audience to learn more and improve and go beyond just the superficial acts of support that he's discussing it's not only think for yourself and everything but it's if you really want to do something take action because that's really what matters people changing their facebook profile pictures to the shades of the ukrainian flag doesn't actually do shit it it, all it does is it it's wait you mean i'm not actually helping push russia back (laughs) bruh afraid not i'm not saying that you have to have you have to go and buy a javelin missile system for yeah, to and, send and, to Ukraine. Uh, it's, and it's uh, just go to Ukraine and, and, and fight and jump the war. Right in. But yeah, it's it's more just there's more just, you can do than yeah, just send money or really just be authentic, be honest, and stop trying to just virtue signal to the rest of the society that you're a good person. Be a good person. He's challenging his audience to change and improve and grow like he has. Exactly. And for that, I think Savior is probably one of the most powerful tracks on this entire album. I really enjoyed it. Um, I even like the Baby Keem vocals. Probably one of my favorite here and probably one of the most like powerful and relevant things that and relevant commentaries that Kendrick has ever made. Agreed. And so now we get into uh, Auntie Diaries. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> and this one. Now, I have a lot to say about this, but mm. it is mostly positive. Go for it, Mac. Auntie Diaries is a story of Kendrick coming to learn about and accept his transgender family members. There are a lot of dicey and controversial things that happen in the track, like he dead names, which if you don't know what dead naming is, it, it's calling a transgender person by their previous name before they transitioned, which can be very triggering. It can be very traumatic and offensive. And on top of that, he's misgendering them throughout the song and kind of getting things mixed up, even going so far as to use some slurs in the second half of the song, like in the chorus. I think this song represents what it is like for someone who does not understand and coming to learn what it is like for a transgender person, trying to learn and accept and become more understanding and accepting of transgender people. 
Because and, the reality is, yeah. is not everyone understands these issues, and they're gonna. It's gonna be awkward. It's gonna well, be weird, and people are gonna get offended. Well, it's exactly. historical. You know, he's 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 trying to tell you. You know, we didn't. I didn't open myself up to him at first. He's like, I called him those names. I did this, and we all did this in around him. And he's like, and now it's different. But he's like, but I'm not gonna mince my words. This this happened, and yeah. I'm gonna tell he's, it the way it happened. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. This is how it was, and. And I, I love that Kendrick did this. And it's so important to see the other side of an argument. You can't just look at an issue from your perspective or the perspective of the people you agree with and just say, okay, that's how it is. That's how it should be. That's how I'm going to argue. You have to look at all sides of an argument to fully understand an issue. That's really the only way you're going to convince people who disagree with you of your viewpoint. You have to understand how they think, how they feel, not just yourself. Wait, you mean making an argument isn't just getting in your echo chamber and increasing your volume until they get so frustrated they leave? It sounds fucking crazy, doesn't it? Or attacking their personal character? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know what you're talking about. Not everyone is going to be the socially conscious, socially aware person, and it's important to educate them and... Make them understand why this is hurtful, why this is not right, and why this is an ultimately harmful thing to do. And and do so without like belittling them or bedeviling them. Like I was saying, you have to understand their point of view. You can't just hear and then speak. You have to listen. Now, that being said, if someone just isn't understanding or refuses to understand or is just blatantly being intolerant, then I... Have no sympathy. Yeah, then just disassociate with them. There's no point. They're, you can't change their mind. There's nothing you can do. You you can't convert everybody. But also, like, I wasn't, like, blown away with this track like some people are, and I think that's because I've already kind of been knowledgeable on these issues. For me, it was just kind of like, oh, hey, welcome to the club, Kendrick. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, that's that deserves praise, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's I'm, also... I'm really glad yeah. and really happy that Kendrick has cast aside his hang-ups from his religion, you know, Kendrick is a very devout Christian and learned to accept his transgender family members. The reason why I think it, I'm going to drop some, some big, big facts. The reason why this slaps some people in the face is because there is a giant homophobia problem in the rap community. Yes. We trickled on that a little bit with Frank Ocean, but it is definitely a, a huge problem. So, yeah, that is why they're like, oh, wow, someone that, you know, is actually, like, not a big, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, like, for this to be in a mainstream hip-hop record, massive Kone's, very mm. bold. And that's that's one thing I do have to give Kendrick props for here is you don't really hear these kinds of messages in rap music in general, in mainstream rap music. I mean, you hear it a lot in, like, Maybe some less popular acts, but with the level of popularity that Kendrick has achieved, world-renowned status. I mean, this man has literally sold like 70 million records in his whole career. To talk about one of the last lines, he's, you know, he's comparing you know, the F word to the N word. Yeah. He's making a direct comparison between those two words, and that might rub some people the wrong way, but really the reality of it, and in principle, those two words have a similar effect. It's just a really nuanced, thoughtful, and surprisingly progressive track from Kendrick that I was really, I was not expecting. When I heard this, I was just 
baffled. Honestly, Kendrick is the last person I would have expected this from. I've never saw seen him as like blatantly like homophobic or anything like that, but he never really dives into these issues like that. And while, yeah, this does deserve praise, but in my opinion, I, I don't see this as like hugely like revolutionary. No, not at all. It, anyone who's really been paying attention to modern culture and the trends over the past decade or so, LGBTQ plus community has really become vastly more accepted than they were like 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. It's and still, it's still, we're still getting there. It's obviously not perfect, but it's way, way better than it was. And it's very much in a much better position than they were. Auntie Diaries, fantastic track. Another really powerful and strong moment from Kendrick. You know, it's not, it's nothing revolutionary, but in terms of hip hop, that is a big deal. I kind of draw parallels to a track from uh, Jay-Z's 444, actually. He kind of dives into accepting his mother being a lesbian. Also another moment where I was like, wow, I did not expect this from Jay-Z, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of in the same vein. I think rap is slowly but surely going towards a more progressive and accepting culture and landscape. And that's a good thing. Massive dub. Common dub. Yes. Common dub. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, We're winding down here. We're on to Mr. Morale. Honestly? Mid. Mid. Mm. (laughs) What was it? This is the worst performance I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that sample is more memorable than the rest of the song. (laughs) So, Kendrick, like, is it this track where he, like, drops references to, like, that, that, like, self-help guru from from Germany is it is it is it this one? I'm gonna double check real yeah, quick. It was the, well, I think he's actually a, like a psychologist, some German doctor. No, he, he he's he's not. I looked into it. Oh, well, he wasn't. Oh shit. Honestly, it's pretty forgettable. I understand its importance because you know it's kind of talking about you know sexual abuse and, and that rappers and men face and uh don't really talk about you know because yeah. he, he kind of talks about how like r kelly like if r kelly wasn't abused what would have happened to him it kind of dives into the same themes that were going on in, in father time you know if tyler perry hadn't been you know sexually abused would his life have been different kind of this whole like idea of breaking this generational cycle Eckhart Tolle has like a interlude on here. He's like this German like self-help guru uh, who has had a lot of buzz. I am not a fan of a lot of self-help culture. And I think that's cringe. another reason that I did not care for this track. But it makes sense given the subject of the album. I mean, it's all about therapy and introspection and, and taking a hard and honest look in yourself. And yeah, and I understand his inclusion on this album and this song, but I, I don't know. I just didn't care for it. What was it exactly that he said? Yeah, in the feature. People get taken over by this pain body because this energy field that almost has a life of its own, it needs to periodically feed on more unhappiness. What he's basically talking about there, it's it's not some like weird fucking energy field bullshit. It's the way you think affects how you act and how you feel about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like if I'm you're not- if you're constantly like saying, Oh, I fucking I'm stupid, I fucking hate myself or any of that shit. You're always going to hold your hold yourself down into that rut. Yeah, I'm not saying like the message is bad or anything like that. You yeah, know, I just anytime I hear of like a self help guru being involved in something or somebody giving a self help guru like a shout out, I'm just like, uh, it's an eye rolling thing. It's <laughs> I I roll my eyes into my brain. But we are winding down here to the penultimate track. 
Mother I Sober. This shit is powerful as hell. Like, I, <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, Damn. I will not listen to this song ever again. <laughs> I, I choked up. No, like, I, I choked up. I would go back to it. it. It made me feel something very strongly, very. Also, shout out to Beth Gibbons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah she the did, for the ball. Yeah, oh, yeah. Excellent work. How do you feel about this track, Gary? It looks like you have some reservations. It's just, uh, well, I brought this point up to you earlier mm-hmm. that Kendrick is really good at making you, taking subject matter you might be unfamiliar with and bringing you in, making you empathetic to it, making you want to listen to it. Like a lot of, to him, butterfly subject material, I don't necessarily, I haven't experienced in my life. I've never, I don't. I don't resonate with that, but he made me want to listen to it. And he made me think and care deeply about this subject matter. Whereas I feel like Mr. Morale did not do that. Mr. Morale pretty much made me think, you know, why do, why do I care, Kendrick? Why tell me all this? You're not really giving it to me in a way that makes me really resonate with it. And it's just kind of like he's just giving me all this kind of just like trauma porn. And it's just, where's the beef? So I don't resonate with with this. Like I some, I mean, I've like had Mother Ice Over yeah, like specifically. Had, yeah, well, yeah. then a lot of the tracks, like I've had, you know, a fairly healthy life with both parents, and he's just kind of. This album is one giant therapy session for Kendrick, and I think that's part of why you just don't resonate it with with it as much, and a lot of people haven't, is because it's so personal. It's such yeah. a it's such a deep and personal album that. It's going to alienate a lot of his audience. You and yeah. you honestly can't music. I feel like when you listen to even some stuff that's sad, even if you don't resonate with it, it's kind of like September Butterfly had this very kind of this kind of we mentality. You know, we going through this together. We're we we're doing this. Whereas Mr. Morales like I'm going through this. You didn't do this. You're not going through this. This is me. And I feel like that kind of is like that has disconnected you from it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but I yeah. think that was intentional. I definitely think Kendrick was fully aware of that when he put this project out. But that being said, you know, Mother I Sober, he, he's opening up and allowing himself to heal so his household can heal and become healthy and, and happy and meaningful. And I, I, I think that's a really beautiful thing. He's talking about all these generational curses and all this generational trauma and all these big societal issues and he's finally learning to grow and accept himself and grow from his past mistakes. He's breaking that curse. Yeah. And that's why I felt like this track was so powerful. Just the way he's speaking, the way he's rapping. This is an example of a track where the instrumental like is perfect for it. It's very, very simple, very low, very... It's not in your face at all. It's all just Kendrick. That's really the concentration of this track. And I think that's... And this whole album, really. Especially for this track, it's very necessary. It really ties together all of the themes that Mm. are being displayed on Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. It doesn't need the music, in my opinion, because the message itself is so powerful that... It stands on its own. Yeah, exactly. Mother I Sober, another favorite. The back quarter of this album really, really saved it for me. Uh, Mm. You know, Auntie's Diary, Savior... Uh, Mother I Sober. Mirror, we'll get to that. I think it's a good closer. I do have some reservations about it. Ironically, Mirror, I think, directly addresses the issue, Garrett, that you were having with a lot of this album, and I think a lot of people are having this album, is that he's choosing to save himself and cast aside that hip-hop savior status that everyone and their mother has given him at this point. And he's even assigned himself. He's finally letting that go and saying... 
all right, I need to take care of myself first before I can do anything for anyone else. I choose me. That is a perfectly healthy decision. And this is where we get into the philosophical issues that I have with some of this album. So there's nothing wrong with being a leader and a figurehead in hip hop and in culture at large. And there is a lot of pressure and a lot of societal expectations that can be led with that. Mm. Like we need people who we can rally behind, you know, thought leaders, cultural figures and icons. We need people like that to rally behind. With great power comes great responsibility. And it does, I kind of see what you're getting at here. It seems that Kendrick is trying to, he doesn't want the responsibility. Yeah, yeah. It seems like he's walking away from this responsibility. Yeah. And taking time to take care of himself and his family, which is fine. That's That's okay. That is okay. Okay. And I understand why he came to that conclusion. I mean, the conflicted feelings that he was having on Damn and Pimp a Butterfly, I feel like they're being resolved here. The issues that he's talking about for himself personally, this is where he grows and progresses and changes and accepts himself and comes to the conclusion that he needs to cast aside his crown. Like you were saying, it is important to have leaders in society. I think it's important for Kendrick to do this, and I think it's important for anyone to really do this. Like, you can't you can't shoulder all the responsibility. It's a lot. It really is. There are some things that you that one individual or even groups of people can't change on their own. You know, it takes a full effort from the society at large. Yeah, and that's the message he's trying to give to everyone else is that you guys need to take care of yourself and grow and improve and learn before we can save society as a whole. Yeah, because ultimately, what is society? Society is just an abstract. Society is made up of individuals. It's only as good as, you know, the weakest link. It's only as good as the quality of those people. The message here is to improve yourself. If everyone does that, then society as a whole improves. And while I agree with that ideal, I do feel Kendrick does come off as a little bit hypocritical. Kendrick is in a point where he can afford to do that, where he can afford to walk away yeah, and yeah. not have to be in the limelight and in the spotlight anymore. Not everyone can do that. Not everyone can take a step back and take time to to work on themselves and heal themselves and work through all of this trauma and, uh, you know, hardship and heartbreak that they've had to endure. And that's the problem with that kind of thinking. Cause it kind of, it kind of ignores or dismisses systemic issues. Exactly. Mm. And that's really what bothers me about the philosophy of this album. I think he's fully aware of that. I do believe he has a good point, And I do believe that, in order for society to improve the individuals within it must improve as well. That can lead to systemic change because, you know, if you improve the individuals, then they can get into positions of power within society and that can help out a lot. But really it takes a lot of time, a long time to change society because a lot of people have to grow up. That would mean multiple people having to break these generational curses and traumas and, and cycles and these abusive cycles that Kendrick is discussing throughout this entire album. And not to sound cynical, but I have a hard time believing in that ideal that everyone is going to be able to, to change and 
and improve and grow, not just on like a personal level, like you were saying, James, systemic reasons. Mm-hmm. Like I can't afford to go, you know, stop my job that I hate and I go to every day and fully dedicate myself to personal development. There's no way anyone can realistically do that. Like it's, yeah, it is a very much a long-term game. It requires a lot of short-term struggle in order to reap a long-term reward. Most people can't really afford to sacrifice the short term for the long term. It's very difficult to do. A lot more people can afford it than you might think. It's still not something you can just ask of everybody and expect from everybody. You know, there are going to be people that will need help. It is kind of coming from a place of privilege. Kendrick earned his spot there. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm he not definitely saying... earned it. It's just right now he is in a place of privilege. And I think he does understand that, and that does come across to some extent. My gripings with the conclusions of this album are philosophical. It's a good goal to strive for, but it's very hard to achieve realistically. Garrett, you've been pretty quiet for a lot of this podcast. Well, (laughs) I appreciate it for its artistic merit, but I can't be subjective if I don't say that this album just did not do it for me, it did not affect me emotionally. It did not draw me in and make me care for what it had to say. I won't say that my overall listening experience was negative, although I was not big on it my first listen. I thought my opinion would change, and on some tracks it did, but on most tracks it didn't. I just couldn't shake the feeling that something was missing. And it is that connection, its autobiographical nature, to be a little... Uh, a little pushy. I didn't care for it. The messages are good. It does not allow me to digest it. It is not kind to the way I digest music. I mean, besides like two or three tracks, I'm not really going to revisit this album very much. So I'm going to give this album a six and a half out of ten. It's a kind of a mixed bag in terms of execution, in terms of uh, production and music and everything. But structurally, I think this album was perfectly put together. Kendrick obviously put a lot of thought into it and the album flows very well, great pacing and it keeps the listener at least at least personally for me it kept me at least somewhat invested into what was next. But either way, it was kind of boring. Like the really the only interesting thing to me about this album was was the lyrics, the messages, the the themes, the the deep meanings. That's really what this album was about. That's really what this album was pushing forward. Those messages, a lot of them are very important, I believe, and it's crucial that we have these discussions and we think critically about these things. A lot of the messages that he brings forth here is very important to me personally. It's, you know, critical thinking, you know, being an individual, being yourself, thinking for yourself, tolerance, learning to not only tolerate but understand the other side healing from trauma, learning from trauma, and learning from your own past mistakes. These are incredibly important messages. We could all learn a lot from listening to this album and then applying some of these lessons to your life. For that reason, I would say this album gets a 7 for me. Mr. Morale, it sees Kendrick at his most vulnerable, you know. While I don't fully agree with some of the philosophy of this album, I understand and appreciate what he's trying to do. Really, this album, for a lot of people, is probably going to be one of the deepest things they hear all year. And I hope that his audience and 
can learn from that and take from that and reflect and improve and grow as people. With that being said, you know, a lot of the instrumentals are dull and it really prevents this from being in the upper level of his discography. I'm like, I would not put this album over to Pimp a Butterfly or Good Cat Mad City or even even Section 80. Honestly, you know, the instrumentals on like Die Hard and Silent Hill and Rich Spirit and even Count Me Out, they just weren't doing it for me. Additionally, you know, a lot of the underwhelming guest features, Kodak Black didn't really add much in my opinion other than his presence. And we kind of digged into that earlier, but not only that, you know, like Blast and whoever was on the Die Hard feature and some of these other performances. I mean, I like the Ghostface performance and, you know, Beth Gibbons was cool, but all she really brought to the table was a chorus. But like Sampha and some of the stuff Baby Keem was doing, that was all fine. I just, it didn't feel, it felt like there could have been better guests that could have improved and enhanced the message that Kendrick was trying to convey. Regardless, there's some incredibly powerful and touching moments. You know, he's dealing with trauma, you know, sexual abuse, generational trauma, stigmas set by masculinity, LGBT acceptance, cancel culture. He's doing that all while challenging his audience to do that as well, to take a look at themselves and say, what do I need to work on? How can I become a more understanding and accepting person? And for that, I can at least give this album props. It is a bold project with a lot of themes that you would never hear about in mainstream hip hop. And for that, I'm going to give it a seven out of 10. Looks like we all had consensus for, I guess, different reasons. A lot of different Slight, reasons. Slightly different reasons, I'd say. I, I thought you were going to give it an eight, to be honest, man. Huh? I thought you were going to give it an eight. Initially, I was, and then I started to kind of dig more into the lyrical themes and really dissect it. And mm. I just kind of disagree with some of the stuff that Kendrick brought up not like the the messages themselves but like the conclusions he comes to at the end of mirrors you know and that kind of soured the experience for me a little bit plus you know the codex features and <laughs> a lot of the guests features really kind of brought the project down for me <sighs> I think there is still value to this album it is still no matter what we say going to be probably the biggest rap record of this year yeah <laughs> yeah I, would, I mean i think there i, are, I definitely that. think there are better albums like the billy woods album that just came out that's my favorite rap album of this year that and it's almost dry by Pusha t those are my contenders but uh mr morale without a doubt is going to be talked about for the rest of the year and probably beyond that yeah definitely just because it's you know kendrick lamar yeah, just because we didn't love it doesn't mean Kendrick doesn't deserve all the praise and acceptance that he's gotten as one of rap's biggest figures. But I have a feeling we're not going to hear from Kendrick for a very long time after this. Yeah, isn't this his last one on uh, TDE? Yeah, so this was his last album on his record label Top Dog Entertainment that he's been signed with since 2003. So this is really like a final moment in the arc of Kendrick's current career when or if there's a next album you know it'll be probably totally different probably completely different i mean yeah. kendrick is and that's one thing i do want to say is kendrick has always done a good job of changing and evolving his sound you know he always tries something new even if it falls flat i can respect him and appreciate him no one can really doubt the man's honesty and integrity he's always doing what he believes is right what how he feels he's never trying to be fake or anything like that. He's putting himself out there. And even if we didn't 
love this album and we weren't blown away by it, I highly recommend that you check out Kendrick Lamar's discography. It's yes. worth listening to if you haven't already. Yes, definitely. I am a recent listener to it and I love a lot of it. Welcome to the club, James. You're <laughs> 10 years late. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I hadn't heard a lot of the songs on there. It's just, especially with Good Kid, Mad City, I was like, damn, this brings me back to fucking high school. That came out the year I graduated and I'm like, I've heard all <laughs> like half this album already. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of big, a lot of big hits from uh, Good Kid. And I, I still go back to that album to this day, like 10 years later. Yeah. With that being said, any final thoughts, guys? I'm good. No. All right. Well, this is Off The Key Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, and we're out of here. Thanks, guys. I'm going to put his channel link in the YouTube version of this video, but for those on streaming services, it is spelled L-U-K-R-E-M-B-O. Please go check him out. Thanks, guys.